0: All right, Alexander, we have got to talk about Macron's trip to Beijing as well as Ursula's trip to Beijing as well. And the main purpose of this trip for the Europeans was to move China away from Russia. That's it. That was the main purpose of this trip. And even Politico is reporting that it was a disaster. They don't say a disaster, but when you read the various reporting you understand that this did not go well at all how did you see it
1: well i think it's exactly what you what you said i mean it, it shows the extraordinary denseness <laughs> sorry to put it like that of european leaders that just a few weeks after you know uh, Xi Jinping goes to Moscow, there's this enormous meeting, there's this vast flurry of agreements there, there's uh, uh, clear signs about the friendship, the very strong friendship between Xi, Xi Jinping and Putin personally, with Xi Jinping, you know, saying the very last words to Putin, you know, that, you know, we're going to change, you know, Things you know, we're going to make great, the two of us together are going to make greater changes than what we've seen in a hundred years. They think they can all go off to Beijing and they can um, somehow change Xi Jinping's mind. I mean, it, it, it's it it, it it is quite baffling that they should have that they still have this extraordinary vanity about themselves and. Vanity is the right word because apparently, you know, Macron came along and he had his one-to-one meeting with Xi Jinping. And Xi Jinping, of course, was the host. And Macron spoke for twice as long as Xi Jinping did. And the Chinese, you know, didn't take well to that at all. The, The fact that, you know, Macron is basically lecturing them. And, of course, he did it again at the press conference because he comes along and he says, you know, that we hope that China can make Russia see reason. I mean, when the Chinese have already made it very clear that they have no intention of putting any kind of pressure on the Russians whatsoever, that this isn't at all the relationship between Russia, what the the relationship between Russia and China is about. And yet, nonetheless, Macron goes on, still talks it that way. And I think that, yes, Chinese, extremely polite people, they are very careful in what they say. They choose their words extremely carefully. Um, They don't like uh, appearing to get angry, especially in one-to-one meetings. But, I mean, the fact is that They will have seen Macron and they will have seen Ursula. And as far as they're concerned, they will have concluded that these aren't serious people.
0: Right. So what happens uh, next? Well, I mean, Macron did warn China. He did warn them that they're accomplices to to a crime.
1: Yes, I know, which is an astonishing and outrageous thing to say, by the way. I mean, which is, again, something which the Chinese won't have been happy about in the slightest. Notice that the Chinese have gone out of their way and their, their, uh, their foreign ministry spokesman came out and said very clearly, China is not the party that has created this war. The West has. It is the West that is responsible for this war. And that was clearly a response to Macron's words. I mean, it was clearly intended to be a re- response to Macron's words. Well, it's easy. to be what the Chinese have done is what they always do. They say to the Europeans, look, we are absolutely happy to continue to trade with you. We have no reason not to. You have no reason not to continue to conduct your trade with us. We are open for business with you, provided you remain open for business with us. But if you try to make our entire relationship contingent on our quarrelling with the Russians that's not going to happen you're going to jeopardise the entire relationship and if you continue to follow the orders of the old man in the White House and continue to demolish the relationship between us and you well then it will be your fault and you will and you will pay, pay the bigger price the, that's what the Chinese are trying to say to the Europeans. Whether the Europeans understand that, I simply don't know.
0: They, they don't. No, <laughs> no. I, I, I think. I,
1: I think. I think. If I may say so, I think this is one er- one point where um, the Chinese style of diplomacy. Is too sophisticated for them. Um, I, you know, I, I, the, the Russians are much more straightforward. And though, obviously, it's infuriated the Europeans beyond their senses, out of their minds. At least it does get the message across. I think with China, um, they just aren't listening to what the Chinese are saying. Well, you can see that because, as I said, Macron just talks, and talks, and talks and doesn't listen to what Xi Jinping is telling him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they actually said, Politico actually said that every time they brought up uh, Ukraine, Macron brought up Ukraine, Xi Jinping would just, would just sigh in in disbelief. I mean, it's, even China has Ukraine fatigue because my my sense is that China, yes, understood that they were going to come and talk about Ukraine, but I, I have the sense that that the Chinese officials were kind of hoping or maybe anticipating that, okay, they'll talk about Ukraine for 5, 10, 20 minutes, whatever. Yes. And then maybe we can spend the rest of the time talking some other business. But
1: they didn't get any of that. No. Well, I mean, you know, we have in in England this expression, pub balls, (laughs) people who turn up in pubs and just go on talking about the same topic all again and again and again, just (laughs) won't... talk about anything else and the Europeans are starting to come across to the world as like that they have Ukraine on the brain and you know the Chinese are not unfamiliar with the realities they know about the fact that you know there's protests in France that Macron is incredibly unpopular his favorite restaurant has just been burned to the ground even while he's in Beijing they know about Ursula von der Leyen they've fully briefed about her and what she is and the sort of person she is. And it must seem to them bizarre that leaders like that, with those sorts of levels of responsibility, are fixated on this one topic to the exclusion of everything else. But we've seen that. We've seen that with the Chinese and the Europeans, and we saw that recently with the Indians and the Americans. Blinken willing to wreck an entire G20 summit meeting, antagonize India, because he can't get over the topic of Ukraine, talking all the time about Ukraine, and the Chinese and the Indians and the rest of the world are saying, well, who are these people to talk anyway? And if they're going to be fixated on something like that, then really there's no point in us talking to them, because we 're not going to be able to establish any kind of reasoned dialogue with them
0: One thing that bothers me about this this meeting that took place in Beijing is whether or not the u s gave the the order to the, uh, to the eu officials to Macron to go and meet with Beijing, and if so, why or was this done? Um, un, under the direction of of the EU and, and Macron said, "I'm going to give this a shot without consulting uh, with the US." No, I'm no joke. because it does it, it does place China to a certain extent. It, it places China as the uh, as the one country that that can actually mediate and negotiate yeah. a peace. Not the United States. Yeah. China is in the pole position. China is. Is the powerful country that can that can find a solution? And I imagine the U.S. would not be be happy with that type of uh, of narrative or perception. But the, the EU officials doing something without the consent of the U of the U.S., especially in, in the context of Ukraine, especially traveling to Beijing to talk about Ukraine, I find that hard to believe. I imagine the Americans they must have said, "Yeah, go uh, go to China and talk about." Ukraine, try to figure a way to, to divide Russia and, and China. It's also a signal that, that the collective West is losing in Ukraine. I mean, why would you go to China, Russia's main ally, if you're, if you're winning? Why would you need to, to split up Russia, Russia and China if you're winning? So, So something about the trip feels a little off. Yes. The reasons behind
1: it. Yes. I've no doubt at all that they went there with a full agreement of the United States. And there's a very simple reason, because, of course, the Chinese are refusing to speak to Biden and they are refusing to receive Blinken. Blinken has been trying to set up his meeting with China. He was supposed to go to China when the balloon incident blew up, if you remember. And apparently he's been trying ever since to get that meeting up and running again. And the Chinese aren't interested. And the US has been trying to set up a telephone call between Biden and Xi. And again, the Chinese haven't agreed. And of course, the US also tried to get a meeting set up between um, Xi Jinping and Zelensky. And that hasn't worked either. But the US wanted to give, they wanted to warn the Chinese. I mean, that's the point about this. This is the purpose of these telephone calls from Biden and the visit by Blinken, they wanted to warn the Chinese not to get too close to the Russians. They couldn't do it themselves, so they sent Ursula and Macron instead. And Ursula obviously is utterly loyal to them, but the point about Macron going is that Macron is supposed to be slightly more, you know, favourable to China, tilt more to China, so, you know, they thought... If Macron also conveys this message, it will carry a little more weight. Well, as we saw, it didn't work like that at all. And in fact, what it has done, as you correctly said, is it's again emphasised the extent to which China is now really in, in in pole position.
0: Yeah. It's also a great way for Macron to, to leave France.
1: Absolutely. The yeah. Absolutely. I'm sure he jumped at Absolutely. the opportunity. Absolutely. But what has pre- pre- precipitated all these trips, as I said, is see Xi Jinping's visit to Moscow. So we had all of these people scuttling to Moscow, the Spanish Prime Minister Sanchez, uh, Ursula von der Leyen, Macron. They're all rushing off to try to tell the Chinese don't get too close to the Russians, uh, uh, threatening, warning the Chinese. Of course, the great paradox is this all began in an idea with the idea of keeping the Russians at a distance from China. Now that it's now turned the other way around. but you know, when you follow complicated, overcomplicated geopolitical strategies, that's what you end up with. Yeah. Well,
0: at the same time that they're in Beijing, you have these meetings taking place with uh, with uh, Taiwan as well, with the United States and Taiwan. So there's there's that hypocrisy, and and then there's just the general narrative of you know we're going to warn China not to get too close to Russia. Because when we're done uh, trying to destroy Russia, we're going to come to destroy yes, you, <laughs> China. So, I mean, I don't yes. think any of this is lost on No, uh, of course China. not. I mean,
1: the Chinese know all about this. I mean, they're fully... I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, you know, the, um, uh, the, the neocons always assume that they're cleverer than everybody else. In fact, they consider themselves so clever that they can't stop telling everybody how clever they are. <laughs> and, of course, the result is that everybody knows what their ultimate plans are because they the number of people in the West who read these neocon publications is tiny. You can be certain the Chinese read them.
0: Okay, uh, the Duran.locals.com. We are on Rumble and Rockfin, Odyssey, Telegram, and Bitshoot, And go to the Duran shop, 10% off. Use the code Good Day. Take care.